0: You're listening to Adam Air, M.D., G.E.D.,
1: Underground Cartoon Therapy. Black
2: Bell Jones, get ready for
1: the and and chopping, and dude on Earth. The story of an American family, The Hills Have Eyes. Watch. Stick up your arm. Oh, a state with chubby cook. All up in it with chubby cook. <laughs> it rests on thirteen acres of earth, over the very center of hell. You don't feel guilty at all. I haven't done anything I'm ashamed of. Maybe I haven't done enough. Maybe I should have killed four, five hundred people. Then I would have felt. Society something. man eaters, tougher than the men they hate, she devils on the prowl. Friendly as food, grab your A $25 gist. I've been there. The following material does not contain language that may
0: offend you. Nowhere will you hear the words fush,
1: call her, custer, or f- me. Sorry for any inconvenience.
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm with Grandma Gutterpunk, and we're doing the scum rock episode today, Mom, so I totally thought of you. Nobody knows more about Scumrock than you do. You got a gutter snippet for us today? In your book of, uh, your big book of gutter snippets? What's a good gutter snippet for you?
1: If my dog hates it, so do I.
0: (laughs) I like the other one you said earlier too. Fuck what people think about you.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And then you said, "Fuck you, son." Who in
1: the fuck are they to judge?
0: Zach man. Uh well I uh I'm gonna do the scum rock episode today. You're gonna hear that with us. Oh hey, how can uh, people get a hold of you if they want more gutter snippets?
1: I'm always on Facebook.
0: How they find you, not grandma gutterpunk, right? Marguerite Smith, y'all. All right, well, look. We got the guy on today. His name is King poet And he grew up, uh, he was raised by El Duce and a bunch of other uh, scum rock dudes like that. And, you know, Gigi Allen, he's doing a Gigi Allen comic. People are going to get to hear about that. I was like, well, you know, you call that shit rape rock, right? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I said on the sh. <laughs> and he goes, well, I never got down with the rape rock more than it's porn rock. That's what he said. <laughs> you heard me? What'd you say, Mom? I said date rape rock. Fear a Roxy, she won't remember it in the morning. That's what it reminds me of, right? Like, Gigi Allen would just grab anybody and start butt fucking them. Yeah. Where's the row <laughs> He'd shit on them, poop on them. They'd be a willing sex slave by the time he was done with them. And then Al Duce would just sing songs about fucking day rape and rape and and porn. and It was rape rock. That's what I fucking called it. I was like, it's scum rock is rape rock
1: right yeah lying, bitching, in restraining orders was all about beating all women.
0: yeah that's what it's about the whole fucking uh, little scene I there
1: thought we were supposed to be one step above that it's that what we did down
0: on a it's the same difference right it's just fucking it's the greasy trash bag white fucking bullshit yeah.
1: Down their nose that the hip hop saying
0: the same thing. Well, hopefully they're not doing that. And they're just well, enjoying they their little belong, scene. They all belong in a
1: barrel until they get old enough to develop a
0: brain. You heard my mom, motherfucker. Get in the barrel. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that
1: ways if we have to shoot you, we can contain the mess.
0: And you're going to hear it on the show, too. Uh, the guy's name is Kingspoet. He's a good guy. I didn't have a problem. He doesn't remind me of someone who... He reminds me of someone who liked the scum rock, but didn't like to accept the other part of it, that it was about, like, you know, sexual fucking misconduct and...
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? No. Shock Rock. I think he calls yeah, it Shock Rock like on Howard here. Stern, just like Howard Stern's a shock jock. Used to be. Now he just well, whines about being a rich dick. Yeah, well, we called it Shock Rock.
1: It was made to just totally floor the old folks and run them out the bar.
0: Yep, totally. Sort of like catching the Christians on Jackson Square and singing I'm sorry I butt fucked your sister's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> really sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, mom. Well, should we go ahead and play this fucking show? Yeah. All right. Let's get this fucking thing rolling. And thanks for being on with me during season six because if you guys didn't know it, we did the fucking Halloween show with Dame Darcy and Russ McKay on Halloween. My mom's on the fucking show. That was the, my brother's last fucking show with me. And uh, right after that, my mom got hurt, y'all. So if you want to send and her... There was a ghost
1: train in the background of the story I was
0: telling about the old train hopper. Oh, there yeah, I didn't tell, tell you guys about that. was that appeared on your recording, remember? Yep, you guys ha- had... nowhere. Yep, I did not fucking edit that on. You guys can go back and listen to my mom telling about the hobo ghost story. And right when she says FTR, fucking, there's a train, uh, like, whistle, like, and, I mean, it's just,
1: <laughs> I
0: was like, what? I had to go back and listen to it, like, fucking ten times. I I couldn't believe my ear. And, you know, it's not like I'm, I am near a train track, it's, I mean, you know, it's about a half a mile away. You can hear it, but it was not running. No, they don't even make that fucking sound anymore. So, you know, you guys got to go back and listen to that shit. Totally haunted, totally awesome episode. Three and a half hours of Halloween. <laughs> it is fucking haunted. That was a haunted motherfucker right there, mom. Yeah.
1: Ooh. ooh.
0: You think they, they thought you were going to reveal the secrets?
1: Uh, don't they know an old FTRA never going to tell everything
0: they know. I'm telling yeah. you, man.
1: Just to be a pain in the
0: ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you guys go back, listen to that. My mom, if you want to kick my mom down some funds, we'll tell you at the end of the show. You can just go ahead and send it directly to her. She's going to tell you how to send her money. And uh, we'll get this fucking show rolling. How's that sound, Mom? Oh, I don't have nothing set
1: up to send me money. Do I have to, send it to you?
0: Well, send my mom some weed or... You can send her smoker. <laughs> I better hurry up and <laughs> stop this before I get in trouble. All right, hold on. be right back the helping hands corporation has been feeding unfortunate children in over 156 countries for over 20 years for only 28 cents a day you can feed a little girl that's really cute call 1-800-CUTE-KIDS and feed one of those little dudes today thank you we now return dude dude What's up guys, welcome back to the fucking show, 6th season, I don't know, it's a fucking time warp, where the fuck, speaking of broken times, that's not what this fucking episode is going to be about, right? we're going to be uh, going into the academies of scum fuckery, and uh, I haven't been in that uh, filthy ass pool for a while, but uh, I want to welcome to the show, who do I got on the fucking
1: horn here?
2: This is uh, King Spoet, uh, founding member of the Spoets, uh, inventor of the Grinder Tar, uh, and uh, no, all-around scumfuck.
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen anti-scene?
2: Oh, man, anti-scenes are, are great friends of mine. I, I was in the Charlotte scene before I got into having a band. We used to hang out at the Milestone Club, but uh, nice. anti-scene was, um, was boycotting it at the time. So they used to play at a place called the Golden Rose. I think I'm getting that right. And we would go over there and and, and watch them. And 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 the funny thing was that everybody else that played out there were all these uh, hair metal bands. Yeah. And uh, you yeah, know that was back in like '85, which is like prime hair metal cent. <laughs> And, and uh, they put Andy Scene on, and Andy yeah. always drew real well. They had a great show, yeah. always, right from, the, yep. right from the start, definitely. And, uh, and and then after their show, there'd be some fucking hair metal band on there, and I'd be like, oh let let's get the let's get the fuck out of here. And my buddy Clay says, no man, let's stay. Look at all these sluts. <laughs> and it was true; it was place was packed out with fucking sluts. You could you could like just you know. Hold your hand out, and, and then and you like pick up some fucking drunk metal slut. You fucking take you home and cook you food. What happened to
0: that fucking shit? That shit's fucking dust in the wind, right?
2: Oh no, man. Uh, they, they got this thing Steel Panther now that's doing a doing a uh, retro on that. But I think everybody that was doing the hair metal thing, they all got fat and died. No, I'm talking about
0: being able to meet metal babes.
2: I don't know man it's just like yeah, I get you can't, the, can't fucking necessarily
0: do it now right it's like
2: time uh, machine
0: it's hard to find a good metal chick man
2: <laughs> Jeff Clayton used to work at this place called the Joy Adult Bookstore okay and it was he he had the, the graveyard shift there and and of course he's got his uh, his children hat on at this time you know, he was doing the buckle head and and occasionally when, when the bar would kick us out and we were we were still drunk and we wanted to do something else, we'd go over and visit with it. Yeah. And I remember we came by once and it was Halloween and we all had masks on <laughs> and Jeff thought he was getting fucking robbed. He got grabbed the fucking spike bat from underneath the <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh man, don't come in here with masks on ever again. Yeah. That was that was a great fucking scene, and uh, I I really uh, I really love Bud Jeff. And we yeah we lost Joe Young; he's gone. And uh, but that that's some good old times.
0: When uh, you met fucking Seth Putnam, I saw that photo. That oh, yeah. was fucking okay. sick. Tell me about uh, hanging out with fucking anal cunt.
2: Yeah, we, we uh, the first show that I met in that there was an anal cunt groupie that lived in Savannah <sighs> where. Uh, to where I live. And she was this uh rotund Asian chick. And you know, she knew I, I didn't know her that well, but, but some of my friends knew her and, and then we, we got, got introduced. And it turned out they were playing at this place called Spike's Doghouse where the Spoets had also played. Actually the one place the band asked me not to book anymore because it was just a fucking bloodbath to play there.
1: It was a uh,
2: yeah Nazi skins were hanging out uh. there and it, it was just a you know, we, it was the only place we had to actually do violence to people on stage, you know. To it's too bad,
0: band. man. You can't just, you know, fucking play and it yeah. you know.
2: So, so we we hadn't been playing there for a while, but the band was like, just don't you know, whatever, you know, yeah, we weren't making money, yeah. And but but you know, cunts play, so we're gonna go. Now, the guy that runs Spike's Doghouse, he didn't know any fucking thing about music or anything else. Yeah. And we get there, and uh, it's up on the, the, the board, you know, the the billboard, AC, playing. And there's about, I think, two cars of us showed up from Savannah to see the show. And we get we get in there, and, of course, it's early we, we get there, because, you know, we ride an hour and a half, two hours to Jacksonville. And, uh, and there's nobody in the place yet. And we're oh man. We're, we're real excited to see the the band because uh, Anal Cunt's playing. Like what? Who's playing? The owner and Anal Cunt? No, oh, it's been AC. <laughs> he didn't know who he fucking booked.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the show was was absolutely packed out, and just like Spikes, it was all fucking like Nazi skins and uh, great. All this kind of mess and, and fights and all this kind of thing. I, I, I can't believe know. none of you
0: guys tried to scalp these motherfuckers. Oh man, you know, it's
2: just, uh, just keep my head down. Man. <laughs>
0: That's, you should have just kept their fucking head down with a fucking meat cleaver. <laughs>
2: But the you know, they had had the show. Seth fucked a couple people up on stage. Awesome. Uh, got got to meet him and hang out with him. He, he's like covered in blood. It was a you know doing a, doing the three piece. And the guy that was playing his uh, guitar, I can't remember the, the name of it, But he seemed to be a real serious fucking guitar player. I mean, he was playing some kind of really crazy fucking shit. Huh. Along with AC, of course, they had had, had the drummer. I can't remember who. Who those guys were off the top of my head now? Maybe I'll go go look it up. Next night, they're playing in Savannah. And I had asked to get on the bill to, to open for them, but we were banned at the venue they were playing. So you're like banned us, but you're letting AC play. <laughs> That's <And> awesome. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's sitting down in the coach it's, it's a big fucking club, it's like 300 people or whatever. Yeah. You know, a place called the the Velvet Elvis. And they're, they're, they're <laughs> named, a place called the... <laughs> And and they're just a bunch of fucking hippies that owned it. It's uh, <laughs> even funnier. And got real upset when we got booked. Got you know, anyway, so, so AC's playing. Right. <laughs> and Seth is so messed up, like pissed off on stage, because nobody is slamming. <laughs> nobody is. They're all sitting down. You're going
0: to piss him the- off, man. <laughs> like
2: he's a fucking monkey at the fucking food. Hey, get a little closer
0: to your phone, man, if you can.
2: Oh, so so he's getting he's getting watched like he's a monkey at the fucking zoo, right? Yeah. And uh, and he hates that, so he takes this mic stand, one of the ones with the big metal base. Yeah. And throws it into the fucking audience and busts this guy's face open, busts his nose open, the whole thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and, then, and I don't think that really ended the show, but uh, you know, but there definitely there was a hospital visit in in that for somebody. And we took him, took him back to the to his uh, his uh, groupies place where they were staying, and uh, and that's where I met him. We we hung out and, and uh, yeah he was he was fine you know. And late, years later they ended up playing uh, the uh, place called the Wormhole, which is where we did our 20th anniversary show, and it was such a great. It was right before he died. It was such a great fucking show. His guitar player was so fucked up he could barely, like, lift his guitar. And he, and the, Seth kept putting his hand, putting the pick in his hand and kept putting the guitar back getting into to play. And, and how the guy wasn't just passed out is how much junk he had done. I have no fucking clue. Uh, great show. You know, uh, everybody, uh, you know, was was into it and participating is a real great vibe. And then, just like the kick in the head, maybe six, eight months later, he's dead. Yeah, fuck it. Yep.
0: Yeah. I remember uh, talking to him about five years before that, and mm-hmm. I was in a band called Colostomizer in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I got to talk to Seth Putnam was one of the guys I got to talk to over the phone. But when mm-hmm. I, I saw him twice, I only mm-hmm. saw Angel Pen twice, but. Uh, when I saw him once, was at the Raven and they fucking destroyed that motherfucker. And, and Seth just got <laughs> on the tables and was kicking over everybody's fucking drinks off the fucking table and, you know, and all this shit and, uh, and just crazy ass shit. And um, I, I hadn't seen anything like that. I thought it was like, I don't know, maybe uh, a few years later they came back and they played the Lion's Lair. Mm hmm endeavor you ever been there no,
2: no no uh
0: it's just a small ass it's no it's just it's just a small ass place and uh there was used to be a video game machine in there <laughs> and uh they weren't gonna pay anal cunt they just the bar the bartender was just like no we didn't pay for this bullshit you've already fucking did da." and so seth goes if I don't get fucking paid my fucking money by this cunt bitch in fucking 30 seconds, I encourage everybody in this fucking bar to destroy it. And fucking... <laughs> he was like, destroy it! He didn't even count the 30, man. Everybody just fucking started throwing shit, man. Fucking table went across the bar and all the shit. They had no choice but to pay him his money. And he walked out with two fucking whores. And I was like, dude, that's fucking rock and roll, man.
2: That is perfect.
0: Rock and roll. Rock and roll's over.
2: One gig, I mean, we used, to, we used to throw some, you know, some very, you know, extreme shows, you know, fireworks, naked strippers, you know, yeah. blood, all that kind of thing. And I'd always make, try to make sure that the bar owner knew what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. He'd had enough shows where we snuck on or whatever, and, and then our crowd showed up, and they'd just flipped the fuck out. And I'd, I'd pretty much had enough of that. So we're playing this place in uh, in uh, Columbia, and it's right next to the group therapy, but I can't remember the name of it. And it was a Sunday, and they had, like, a weird music show. So it was, like, noise and all of weird music. And they'd book these little guys playing synthesizers and, you know, Uh, annoying monkeys with anal probes or whatever, and and that would be the the show. So we show up, and we raided this uh, TV repair place after we uh, unloaded, so we had a a whole stack of of broke TVs to to tear up. We get on, the crowd jumps into the TV, just smashes everything up, so there's a couple inches of broken glass all over the fucking bar, Fireworks go off, so everything's smoky. There's no 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 way no way out of that. We got the girls, girls are all naked. And all of a sudden I noticed the PA Oh shit. So I'm like, all right, PA's gone. So I switched the saxophone from the thing and we just but the but the PA's gone, but the amps are still plugged in. So we're still we're going guitar and and saxophone through my amp. And, and and we play like that for another like 10 minutes till the sound man gets around behind the stage and, and unplugs us all. Once we're unplugged, I jump up to the front of the stage. We're the poets. Good night. That's <laughs> one of those things like that. There were 300 people there to see us. The place. We're supposed to get to the door. Yeah. And although we've up like a hundred dollar guarantee, probably $900 to get to that door. Son of a bitch, owner won't fucking notice. So I start throwing beer bottles. <laughs> and and they call the police and once they, yeah, before I started all this we, we had our stuff packed up because I knew which way it was going to go I didn't want to be packing my stuff in the police came. sure we run out to the van and we're going and there's the promoter and he's running alongside my van he's got a fistful of cash because he's taking a, a collection from the people that were there and he puts that cash into my lap as we take off 10 minutes later five minutes later the police show up <laughs> we're gone wow <laughs> we've been paid uh, you know and yeah it's a back and forth with the, the creative loafing for a month it's, oh, it's the best thing in the world it's fucking suck they got no music they got no talent you know they're that going back and forth
0: what are your lyrics about what are your lyrics about like do you have like
2: about, about everything you know serial killers um midgets, uh, you know.
0: Do you, you got, know, like, people? mentors? Do you like, I mean, because you were talking about the mentors and stuff. Isn't oh, it? I
2: love the mentors. I love the mentors. We, we got what, what kind of
0: rock do you call that?
2: That's, that's like, uh, that's like porn metal, isn't it, or porn metal.
0: I think they call it rape rock.
2: Rape rock. Yeah, rape rock. That, that's what we we're, were pitching. We, we actually got on the, the Jerry Springer show with uh, Dude our uh, our girl Jen went on as his uh, pretend girlfriend and our drummer went on as as his her boyfriend that shares her and and then we got to put, play some clips of our show yeah like, on, on, on Springer. It was a lot of a lot of fun really. Uh, Jen, I don't know, she was down with the whole rape rock thing. Yeah. She yeah, I mean she wasn't like dissing it or anything, but she was trying to say her own thing about about loving to, to force men to have sex with her and all this kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Al Duce a was a, just totally blatantly bragged about raping chicks and shit. A lot, a lot of stuff coming up.
2: And, and, you know, Duce, the only reason he's a registered sex offender is because he relieved himself in public out in the back of this bar in, in LA and it got on a security camera. So he had his dick out in a public place. How ironic, right? They hit, yeah, yeah, for all the stuff he's done and he gets peed outside, he gets put on as a, as a sex premise.
0: What happened to that motherfucker? He got derailed, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was, that was sad we've just come off tour with him. Um, they, they, we, we played uh, Dallas and, uh, and, uh, and, I think it was Austin and, and a, a bunch of like cities there with him and then, and, uh, on the way to, to Florida, and then we we got off the tour, and Guardi Lou played with them for a few uh, shows. Another really great porn metal, porn, porn metal, rock. yeah. Uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, uh, the, the the guy from Nasty Savage is uh, the, the big guy, you know, with uh, with Guardi Lou. I don't know if they were really doing that any, anymore. But anyway, so they 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 did that show, and then we picked them up again in Virginia and, and played with them.
0: Uh, where at? Where did you play in Virginia?
2: Uh, the Iroquois. The Iroquois.
0: Was it cool?
2: Oh man, it was it was super cool. Yeah. Super. Cool. What was what
0: was your favorite? What was your favorite gig?
2: I think my favorite gig, is the whole thing was when we played New Orleans with them. Nice. And uh, it was a place called Monaco Bob's, and and the place was was obviously not making any money at the bar. Or anything, it was just a, a, a front to sell cocaine to people. And so we, we're back at the at the band house. They had a whole fucking apartment for bands you know, for this one little little place. And and the guy just lays out these fucking fucking parking lot stripes for the fucking band. I don't I don't drink and smoke myself, but yeah. the rest of the band just dove into it. and huh. and. Dude, Duce was there too. He was drinking and and and, uh, and doing lots. And but the thing is that uh, Duce got drunk too early to play the fucking show.
0: So, oh. Uh, I,
2: hate, <laughs> I hate God was there, and all all the all the kids from I hate God were there, and they got too trash, and they they all passed out like outside before we even got on. I'm fucking
0: foo foo drinks, dude, or what? Just. What would? I,
2: didn't, we, didn't tell them that. I mean, we played like eleven o'clock against Boisque, so we that's weak, bro. Big, big uh, mentors crowd out there to see us play. So, yeah, you know, we we got okay crowds in New Orleans, but this was a really great crowd and, and really you know cemented us in in New Orleans area. And uh, and so we played and just just killed. Then they put Dutre on, and he's so fucking drunk he doesn't know where he's going doesn't know what he's doing, can't remember his lyrics, dropped his pants, he's walking around without any pants on, trying to get some girl to suck his dick. Dick's not even getting up for it. The band's just, just playing him on, and, and this this has got to be the best show ever. <laughs> yep, yeah, it.
0: it's like so, the uh, classic scumbag formula.
2: Cl- classic, like. Yeah, Gigi, like, uh, doing
0: lines and then fucking the show up, you know, kind of thing. You know who Joe, uh, hold on, do you
2: know who Joe Preston is? No, I don't. I
0: don't. He's, he, Pre- he's a bassist from the Melvins. Oh, oh, yeah. And he ended up in a band called The Thrones later on. That was just this one-man fucking thing. But I got to hang out with him one time, and he told me the story about how, like, uh, he worked at Domino's, and he used to deliver pizzas to Gigi Allen. <laughs> now, which, which city was that? I can't remember wherever they were at, I guess. I mean,
2: it, it New Hampshire.
0: Or it had to have Indiana. been. I thought it was East Coast, you know.
2: By yeah. the uh, so, oh, Duce passes out after the show, of course. Yeah, yeah. Duce, Duce is pretty much up 24 hours a day, except for the times he's passed out. So he'll pass out, and then a couple of hours later, he's up and looking for liquor again and alcohol. And you better damn well have some, or this is going to be a problem.
0: Classic formula.
2: Yeah. So, we, we of course, we, we're packed up, and then they're packed up, and the, the mentors are like really tired of them. I mean, after, after all these years. So, Scott, Dr. Scum and all, they're gone. And we've got, the like, watch Duce do. Make sure he's someplace where we can leave tomorrow for the show in Pensacola. So uh we, we take him downtown, and we come to this this bar and, and I'm, I'm uh, watching him and, and feeding him videos and stuff. and Twiggy from Marilyn Manson comes in, and he's got two just drop dead gotchacks, one on each arm coming in there, and Duce turns around, gives him this just drunken one-eyed look, and he's like,
1: "Hey, baby!" Wanna drop that faggot? Come out and fuck a real man. Uh. So
2: evidently this is like Twiggy's home bar they live in New yeah. Everybody's ready to fight uh, Duce. Duce's ready to fight them too, you know. Of course he is. Not I'm not able to, but certainly willing. And uh but I didn't want to spend the night in like New Orleans police custody, so I, I yeah. grabbed him and just gave him the bum's rush out fucking gone. It's out. <laughs> that, was my, that was my fa- favorite uh, Duce story. But he was a great guy. He was like the abusive, drunken grandfather I never had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, you, you wanted that.
1: <laughs> I, loved, I loved him, man. He could be too
2: much. He was too much a lot of the time. And he never was never off. He was always Duce and always on or passed out. Do you, but, uh, but I fucking loved it. Can I ask you a person?
0: Oh, sorry. Good.
2: I mean, a, lot of people, a lot of people love, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I want to ask this fucking question. because Yeah, everybody want to fucking suck his dick. I get it. Uh, do you, uh, you know, do you think Courtney Love had him killed? Um, no, I don't. Who, how, what do you think? You don't think that it was too close to the, uh... Well,
2: we, we had a civilian that went there. That mom in the station wagon? Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, if... if, if, if what if is it that? Tell or? a
0: story about that, the mom in the station wagon. What is that?
2: Well, when, when he, he was walking to go get his uh, 40-ouncer, he stayed with uh, Dr. Scum in, in a little little cabin out back of his house. Yeah. Right? And that's the one you see in uh, in Kurt Court, right? Yeah, that, that, that's that's uh, that's where that that filming took place. And the guy that's in the blue mask—that's a uh, Reverend Bud Green. That's our mm. producer.
0: Yeah, I remember that. He's been on all of those shows. Where he was on Geraldo. and on. Uh, I remember that motherfucker there. in the nineties.
2: Yeah, he's he's still around. He's still around. He's working for. Uh, um, what is it? The National Enquirer. Now.
0: Really? Is that <laughs> right?
2: Stories all the time.
0: That's awesome. For
2: Underage girls who sucked Marilyn Manson's dick. And Jesus, not, I knew one, but I couldn't get her to come out, and come out for the story.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's just you, <laughs> It's I mean, not even ridiculous.
2: ridiculous. They're paying too. So yeah, it's not like it's free. So anyway, that, that, like uh, you know after after. Uh, Duce got off tour with the mentors. He went down and, and, and stayed with Guardy Lou, and he could have stayed with us, but nobody had a place for him to stay except our our bass player uh, Ice Mike. And Ice Mike said, "I'm not. I can't stay with Duce." So so uh, Guardy Lou took him, and uh and and they did that record with uh, Guardy Lou and and, and uh, Duce, and then he went back to to. Uh, Hollywood or going back to California mm-hmm. and he was dead in, in a month or so after that after he got back huh. uh, but but basically he just got drunk and went wandering to the, the fucking across the track to the uh, store and like I say there was a, a woman with her kid there in a the station wagon at the crosswalk when Duce came up from what she said he see hiled the train when he saw it and it just Took him apart. Jesus. So, but I don't think there's any 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 foul foul deeds there. But I absolutely believe that Courtney propositioned him to kill Kirk. he was. He
0: told kid. you that. Did he tell you that?
2: He told me, he told me that. Well, this is a lie. So, you know,
0: what, what? Who cares? I just want to hear. Did he tell you that?
2: Absolutely told me that personally more than one time in front of Woodrow.
0: What? Okay. What was his exact? wording to your, that you can fucking remember.
2: He said that he was hanging out in this club in Hollywood and Courtney Love was there. Yeah. With her. And she took him aside and she offered him $5,000 to go up to their uh, mansion and, and kill her.
0: Only five grand?
2: Well, DJ what, what, would have done it for five grand.
0: <laughs> God, man, that's some cheap hoe shit. All right. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I
0: thought, I, I always heard it was like six figures. And I was like, I guess that makes sense. Because, it, yeah, it's a six-figure job, dude. What are you talking about? Five grand? That's, that's shit you wipe your ass with out there, dude. Even uh, your grandfather, Duce, fucking knew that.
2: But Duce, man, he didn't have any any use for any more money than that. He would he would uh, just get drunk and somebody rob him of it. You know, the minute he passed out, I mean, he'd have to give it to somebody else. He'd give it to him hundred bucks at a time to be able to spend it. So
0: he didn't care if that was you know because that's such a professional hit job.
2: He did. He didn't. Uh, he didn't say that he agreed to do it. He said he was off. He didn't say he agreed to do
0: it. Why would he say that? I don't know. What do you think, though? I really want to get to the bottom of this. And and he was like, this is a stupid
2: fucking thing to do, and and I'm not, you know, maybe I I shouldn't do it. I bet he
0: felt the same way I did just now. Fuck five grand. That's like, fuck, fuck, you know, it's like, hey, El Duce, will you marry my fucking wife so she can get a green card?
2: (laughs) It's like, uh huh. You know how DJ made his living for a long time in Hollywood? What's that? He had these ads up at the bus station, right? Yeah. And I wish I had a photograph of one of them. I would. And it was all like, "We will help you get into commercials and the movies. Call <laughs> up this number. All right? Yeah. And so these kids would get off the the fucking um, the bus. And, and they'd see that, oh, get into commercials, and they'd call. He'd get calls, dozens of calls. And so they, then they'd show up at this little storefront thing he had. And uh, and it, and if it were girls, they'd, he'd send them into straight porn. If they were guys, he'd send them over to gay porn. And if they didn't want to do that, he didn't have any use for it, because there was no fucking commercials or anything. It was all, like, porn. But about one out of five or six of them would... You know, take the couple of thousand dollar payday to go make a porn film, and he'd get his cut, and that paid for the bus ad, ad and, and drinks. Yeah, you know, it was a pretty pretty easy hustle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he told me that story too. That was that was a great story. Huh. But uh, but yeah, he, it just uh, sent, sending everybody out. To, yeah, I know you had some dreams, but how about doing some porn?
0: <laughs> he was alright, man. I thought, you know, I always thought it was more porn rock than uh rape rock, but I remember I thought he coined the term
2: rape rock, man. He did the term rape rock. Okay. he was always good with a with a turn of phrase. And then <laughs> got that you know, got the the PMRC hearings and they they uh uh Read his lyrics out loud at the Senate. That was that was what made his fucking career. <laughs> Jesus. I <laughs> love that great Metal just, Blade record. You know, it really, like, how many
0: people, like, over the years have uh, felt that way. And I remember, you know, I'm not necessarily there. Because uh, I went through the whole thing. I remember, like, in the early 90s. And I mm-hmm. would still, like, jam out to a couple of... Uh, Gigi Allen songs and shit like that, um, you know? Uh, I think it's well, just I, timeless, but...
2: That, that's what I'm working on right now. Um,
0: but Anal Cunt, I'll always listen to. That's just oh, oh. totally different for me, man, because I don't know why... Because it, it really, there's... Mentors and Gigi Allen have this four-on-four beat, right? Like... Yeah. And, you know, Anal Cunt's like...
1: <laughs>
0: you know... <laughs> fucking and you know it's just two different uh, sounds, you know, but kind of in the same vein. And uh, you know that mm-hmm. was cool, man. I, and then uh, what was the female mentors band? The Cedar Street Slots. I think there's a few of them, right? Uh, uh, the women, the, Win- the women mentors.
2: Yeah.
0: You ever heard of them? No. That they're the, like the oldest uh, female mentors cover band, I think. <laughs> Uh Uh-oh. We'll be right back. Have you been seriously hurt in an accident? You could have serious money coming to you. I was seriously hurt in a car accident. I was laid up in the hospital and me and my family were in trouble due to me missing work. S.W. Sanford & Son got me $150,000. Call S.W. Sanford & Son. They'll get you the money you deserve. Don't wait. Call now. I'm SW Sanford. He and my son have collected millions of dollars for clients that have been unfairly injured, just like you. Call SW Sanford's son now. One five one zero big bucks. That's one five one zero big bucks. Call now. We now return, dude. Uh, going way back. Well, mentors. Yeah. Definitely. I haven't dropped that name in twenty years, man. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, I just went through my whole like Gigi Allen thing though, man. I remember it was like I loved the fuck out of him. I thought he was great. And I remember oh, well, uh, the one time Richard. you know I got to go see him. And uh it was at the I never got to go see G. G. Aztec theater and uh it was with uh, Bunny Genghis and Psychedelic Zombies like two boulder mm-hmm. Dick bands or whatever from back then. Mm-hmm. Bunny Genghis was like the scum rock band uh, from there, and I I saw how sensational the the method the methodology and how therapeutic it was to fall into scumbaggery. You know what I mean? Oh hell yeah! Hell and yeah. Uh, I never had a problem with it. To be honest, I I still draw it in my uh, in my comics to this day. You know, these guys are like twenty one forever. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. but they're cartoon fucking characters, so they're always going to be that age. You know, and uh, they're just fucked in the head. You know, and I just remember how prime at that point in the 90s, how fucking primed out and scumbag shit really was getting, how awesome it was.
2: Well, I... I, (laughs) I, um... I heard about Gigi, like, really early, early on. Yeah. And uh, and I got, I was booking a, a club in Savannah at the time. Of course, we were doing doing the, the Spoets. And uh, we tried to get Gigi to come down and play Savannah. We had a gig booked. But it was two months after Gigi died. So we, ne- we never got that gig. But that's how I got to meet, meet Merle, was on the phone booking the Gigi gig. Yeah. And then when Todd put out the uh, Hated in the U.S., we tried to get a, uh, a Charlotte uh, um, filming of it to, to you know, get him to come down. And we had the money to get him and the movie down, but we could not find a fucking venue to play it. None of the theaters huh. would, would rent us a Sunday. None of the universities would, would uh, do anything. And just so, so we ended up not getting a, a screening of Hated. Huh. Uh, and and but I did get to meet Todd on the on the phone and and talk talk to him. And then you know uh, before that, Gigi came down and did this in store at the uh, at Repo Records. Okay, and yeah. uh, and and of course, uh, Andy Scene was there, and Jimmy Repo was there, and and, and it was a, show, a store that I used to shop all the time. And I would just happen to be in town. I, I didn't even. Go there. The fucking mob was there. Me. Yeah, it was just a matter of that. So I had my my video camera, and I said, "Well, fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview fucking Gigi on this." And and um and so I did that interview, and that's up on YouTube and my Poet One uh, YouTube page. Nice. And and I was trying to provoke him, hoping that he'd come and smack my ass, <laughs> but he just wouldn't take any any of the bait. He wouldn't take any of the bait. Huh. Like, yeah, when are you going to kill yourself, buddy? I thought you were going yeah, to. It's going to come someday. Yeah. Not the suck dog. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, he That's got to that point where there was nothing he could outdo, him, but it, just to go ahead and you know off himself.
2: I, you know, I, I, I was hoping he wasn't going to do that.
0: He talked but, a lot of shit, so I mean, he you know.
2: Thought about doing it? I, I think he was serious, you know, from what I I got, and I, I didn't know him like super well or anything. I wasn't a friend of his. No, but well, I, I know what you're know talking about of, though. I did know a lot of his other friends. Yeah. You know. How old are you, dude?
0: Hmm? How old are you?
2: How old? I'm on, I'll be sixty in uh, November. Motherfucker,
0: you're sixty years old. Yeah. Damn, dude, you look good, bro. I thought you were like my age and shit. No, no.
1: Damn. I'm an an (laughs) oldie.
0: You don't even sound old. I would have never fucking guessed this shit. I
1: was like, this guy's like 10
0: years younger than me, right?
2: Excuse
0: me? I thought you were like 10 years younger than me, right?
2: No, no.
0: Holy fuck, you just blew me away, man. Hey, that's cool. Man, that's even fucking, you're even cooler than I thought, man.
2: That's, that's um, why, you know, I'm doing the G.G. Allen graphic novel right now. I see. I, I, you know, so I, I live adjacent to this. I, w- I, I bumped into it. I know some of the people, but I wasn't really there for a lot of. It. And I got my buddy uh, Michael Board from Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah, and and he was there. He did the uh, Hated in the Nation cassette on Roar. He would produce that, and he said that 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 cassette made him a thousand dollars a month for years. Oh, shit. I mean, just sold like like hell. And then he made T-shirt money and all. I was just, said he split you know, half of it with Gigi, and. Uh, and, and that was, you know, that was that whole uh, whole bit. So he was there at the opening for Gigi at the Cat Club show. Yeah. Where Gigi got the press from from uh, uh, Village Voice, which is what turned him from like an underground star that we knew, yeah. into sort of a national star. Yeah. Also, probably killed. You know, yeah, being be that famous. And uh, Michael had all the stuff he wrote about Gigi when Gigi was alive, and mm. I illustrated a bunch of that stuff, and, and have yet to do. It. I'm about uh, 41 pages into 100 pages on this. Oh wow! And uh, the and then then it was a bunch of stories he'd never told anybody, and and then he introduced me to the Letch Control guys, and they all had stories. And the funny thing is, they're all about my age. Everybody, Michael's a little bit older, um, but everybody else is like sixty, hitting sixty, a little older than sixty. And a lot of these guys are dying out. They're having having health problems and all. This might be the last chance that uh, that everybody had, But a lot of people have been talking to to me.
1: That's a, uh, yeah
2: growl from uh homestead records he, he gave me a big interview um just just everybody everybody is get, getting on telling me telling me their stories yeah and I, I can't wait to get the to get it out and and, and have everybody uh have it in their hot little hands that, that's that's uh, yeah what i'm looking forward to
0: doing that sounds great man i'm glad to plug it on here you know and uh you know, I'm glad that you reached out and that's what the platform's for, you know, and I appreciate you uh, getting in touch if, with me.
2: If, if you look up my uh, my Instagram, uh, Kings Poet One. Yeah. Or, or is it Kings Poet? I can't remember. Is it, it Kings Poet?
0: I thought it's just Kings Poet.
2: It's just Kings Poet. The, I've got several splash pages of the uh, comic up. And uh, so there's like four or five pages from the. Okay, I'm good. out of the out of the forty. So you you know, go go back through there. You know, you can see see some of the stuff. Okay, but yeah, we ended up uh, after Gigi died. Um, we were there playing CBGB's the week after, mm-hmm. and uh, and everybody had taken all the little flyers from the gas station. His last show, and they'd made them all into little shrines. They'd put plastic flowers on them and and uh, uh, needles, and uh, baby doll heads, all this. And each one of them was its own little little shrine to Gigi. And, and it must have been at least 20 of them I saw. Oh, man. And, and uh, Merle came out, and Merle and Dino came out to see us play Seabees. And they were like, uh, who, who you got on the guest list? I got just two people, Merle Allen and Tino Sex. Well, they're banned. <laughs> uh, well, could you let them in this, this once and and uh, and, and, and it, so they they let them in. Dino got naked, jumped up on stage with us. Uh, Merle uh, gave uh, one of our girls uh, oral pleasure at the at the edge of the stage. Oh yeah! All of it's on video. <laughs> And it's just luck because one of the other opening bands had a video camera. I didn't even have my camera, out. so it's just a, a a crazy accident that I have video of this. Nice. Yeah, they, they were nice enough to send me a VHS of the of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we we, so we, we toured with the Merge Junkies. Merge Junkies were great, great fun. We played down in uh, Tampa and it was like uh, Mike Denied was, was was head front in the murder junkies at that time. Okay, and, and Mike was a total fucking heroin mess at uh, this time. Yeah. And we we had played up at the Continental and our drummer Hippie Mike had gone off with them. And they were just gone. And it was looking to like nobody was going to be there for a thing. We set up his drums Talking about how we were going to murder him if he fucked up a gig, and sure enough, they show up five minutes before the fucking gig. You know, nice. But then we, we go on tour with them, and we went up playing these these shows, and people are kind of like, "Oh, yeah, DJ's not there." They're not sure whether they want to show up, but we've got our crowd. So, and and Merle put together a pretty strong outfit too. Yeah, uh, uh, the the you know, Merle Junkies were were really tight musically, and a lot of people got to got to hear it you know, with, without Gigi, which which I like. And we got down to Tampa, and I think Mike had been like, I don't know, we'd kind of been upstaging it. We were, we were opening in support. We yeah. would do this big show with nudity and fireworks and broken glass. A lot of people coming up and participating. And they'd come up and do a punk rock show. Yeah. Right? And and uh, you know, I was saying, well, Mike, you know, your your music's great. Don't you know, you're getting a lot of people. That say, don't don't worry about it. So the last show he had was he was going to up stages. So he takes the uh, microphone and sticks it up his ass for the <laughs> last song, and he's like going ooh, 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 like this, and the mic's going <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: really impressive. I, I I was loving it. So he pulls the mic out of his ass. Finishes the show, <laughs> and the sound man, who is this Florida fucking redneck moron, doesn't know anything about anything.
1: Man, this here
2: mic is rude. <laughs> 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 Well, Fuck, man, take 50 bucks off of the poet's money and give me that perfectly good, uh, sure 55. <laughs> And, and I, I will take it. So I put it in a plastic bag. and It still had ass juice on it. <laughs> and I kept it for many, many, many years in the plastic bag. I didn't, didn't use it for anything. And, and then, like, you know, I was doing stand-up comedy for a while, right? Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, you're being too dirty. You're, you're, like, pissing people off. You can't play at our shows. And finally, they needed me to run sound. So I got a gig at this one place they were doing. I'm like, I'm going to break out the mic denied, murder junkies mic for these this crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so I cleaned everything off that would really just show it off as being like covered in shit. You know, kind of half-ass cleaning. <laughs> and and then put it up as the as the stand up mic, and I took the last gig, and, and they they made me promise to do a, a clean set, and my entire set was the story of how I got the mysterious disappearing microphone.
0: <laughs>
1: and they all they all had it in their mouths. Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: that
1: was so great. Uh,
0: <laughs> <one of the laughs>
2: I up. After after I. <laughs> Cuz had been doing doing like monkey sounds. He had, he's not going. Oh, wow. <sighs> that was great. Yeah. So anything else you want to want to hear about? Anybody anybody else in the scene? Uh no, I'm good. <laughs> cool,
0: cool. You know, I think we're like almost at the end of an hour. It's a good show. I'm going to put some ads in here. Do you have any uh, favorite? Uh, uh, what other favorite scum bands do you have that would you like to share with people who were like into the maybe they they would like to explore scumbery?
2: Oh um, man, I, I don't know if anybody's doing scum anymore. I think I it's think an old school
0: does. fucking art thing.
2: I think it's done. You yeah. Know, at one end, it gets too artsy. Like, I mean, we opened for Karen Black one time, and that was like pathetic. Their act was pathetic. I mean, they were doing little paper daisies, and and we were we were doing cutting that night. We had a couple. We had a whole bunch of cutters up there. And we we had the stage just covered in blood. Wow. And, and it's like, uh, you know, how, how? I mean, Karen Black. I mean, I, I suppose she's got some, uh, you know. Achievements and all that kind of stuff and music. Uh, but you know, and uh, let's see who else is still doing the, the scummery. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody, I think maybe it, it uh, died with Seth, you know. Yeah, he was the last. I'm good with that
0: too, man. You know, to be he honest, was,
2: he was the last guy that was really doing it. I don't, there, there was a guy that came up on stage with the murder junkies and uh. Dino stuck like the drumsticks up his ass like he always does, and this guy like pulled them out on stage and and lollipop them.
0: Oh,
2: I got it all on videotape too. Wow, <laughs> I had, I had the camera on that, and he had a pretty pretty good band, but I, I don't think he ever did anything with it. He was one of these like uh, Carolina kids, South Carolina kids, North Carolina kids <laughs> that just doing uh, doing the scum fuckery, but. Not, um, not together enough. Adam Green, that's his fucking, name. huh? It just didn't have it together to, to get out and tour and, and make some of his stuff. So He'd just stay home and be a fucking scumbag. Well,
0: yeah, that was kind of the.
2: I, I wonder how, you know, how like a Gigi could work because Gigi is more popular now than he ever was, hmm. like today.
0: I think um, he's more merchandisable.
2: More, more merchandise uh, Merle says it's because he's not around to piss people off anymore and
0: yeah he was just around long enough to do it
2: long long enough to, to set an impossible standard for anybody else and he's I another mean,
0: one of these fucking dick artists that makes fucking more money after he's fucking dead than he. yeah he
2: you didn't know. care about money he didn't care about fucking money he had that suitcase this is where i live yeah he was the Get terrorists terrorist to survive, to take drugs and drink and fuck and set girls on fire and, and fucking uh, fuck, do heroin and die and maybe murder you too on his way out. You know? <laughs> you know? But I, I didn't get that he planned a whole heck of a lot. I mean, especially in the late period. I know earlier on, he was really pretty savvy about getting... To people who could help him out. I mean, he recorded with two of the MC5. You know. Well, you yeah. know, don't
0: isn't doesn't he already come from a wealthy family anyway? Him and Merle. No. Are you I'm sure about sure.
2: that? I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but. Because uh, uh, so they do. Really.
0: Yeah, and the whole thing was is that, um, and here's where I get <laughs> MDGED. Anya, because I know some of these little weirdo facts like that, but no, his family owned a chain of laundromat and uh, they, they did well, man, you know, and uh, it was just like their call to go ahead and uh, exceed and to be artists because they had the money to go ahead and just do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was it. You know, it was like they didn't have to work or nothing, so they just had to play rock and roll. And they did it well, you know, but uh, oh, okay. it w- it was just, you know, he he was well off. I mean, you know, he didn't have to worry about money. So you're right on this one end. But, you know, my point earlier was that, you know, if you look at how, you know, there's like a Funko fucking Gigi Allen bobblehead, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, you know, that's like, you know. Would,
2: would fuck somebody up for doing that.
0: I mean, yeah, that's what I, that's the thing, is, you know.
2: One of my buddies did a cartoon of him in Atlanta when he was living at the Claremont. Yeah. Um, And uh, he he got in the guy's fucking face, like, you think I'm a fucking cartoon? You think I'm a fucking cartoon? Yeah. That's some kind of a fucking joke. And it was like, hey, man, it's just a fucking drawing. You don't like it, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and he'd
0: get in your fucking face after that, too, and just jump right in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it funny. One of one of my uh, my girlfriends. She um, hung out at the Claremont in Atlanta, right when Gigi was living there. Yeah. And and she was get getting downstage and Eric was near near the stage, and he comes down from the room. He's fucked up. He's got a big handful of dollar bills, and he puts the whole handful of dollar bills in in her lap and said. I give you all that to pee on me right here. Said <laughs> she didn't do it because she was pee shy. Yeah,
0: some people are. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been pissed on? Oh, yeah. Yeah? You got it on video?
2: No, no, no. Just uh, personal stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there... there I'm I'm an iceberg, man. There's only that that little cap that you see above. You. <laughs> the rest of it, the rest of it goes deep. <laughs> What's the most? It's funny because like uh, you know, I have done like the, the pee stuff and, and uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. What's I the most
0: scumbaggy thing that you ever did? What's the most?
2: I had a girlfriend from New York.
0: Yeah, and,
2: and she she was always like, I'm not gonna fucking pee on you. I'm not going to fucking pee on you. I don't care. Whatever, you know. Whatever you're into. Yeah. And then one night, she gets, like, really drunk with me on beer, and we go to bed together, and she pees all over me and the bed and everything. And she's like, you better not
1: tell anybody. You better not tell anybody. <laughs> this, man. Oh, man, it was so beautiful. Yeah. Like, was a participant or whatever. She
2: just, like, passed out and pissed herself. Wow. <laughs> oh, I don't mind,
1: babe. I'll clean up. You better not tell
2: everybody. That's
0: great, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah,
2: there's lots of stuff I don't share, so.
0: (laughs) I was just wondering how far your scumbaggery went. Oh,
2: it goes all the way down, man.
0: It goes all all the way down. All the way down. Well, fucking, we're at the end of the hour. I'm going to fucking thank you for, uh, uh, let me do the little anal cunt thing. I'm going to put an anal cunt opener probably on this thing, you know, and hopefully not get striped, you know, by Lars or anything like, you know, fucking I hope he's not like guarding anal cunt files for Seth.
1: <laughs> he, he
0: <laughs>
2: well, whoever, Whoever's his record label has got. Oh, like,
0: I got, you know what? Hold on. You know what? I, uh, I forgot to tell you this when I, I got to call, uh, Seth, while I was in that band, Colostomizer, right? And I never told you what he said. What did he say? He said, uh, you know what my favorite band is? And I was like, what? He goes, Morrissey. <laughs> so that's all I listened to, man. And I, I was like, <laughs> I'll never forget that shit. <laughs> I laughed just like you. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I I'm saved the, that, that best for last. I'm glad I saved always. that part. Dane <laughs> Alecunt was always different
2: when you heard him, always had a different group of people playing with him, and it was always great. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a shame he's not around to, to piss people off anymore.
0: Well, you know? I mean, I I miss it, man. Yeah, I love the whole, like, I could see these guys being as old as Mick Jagger and shit and still doing it, you know.
2: Well, I I mean, I know I can't fucking do it anymore. We did the 20th anniversary tour. Yeah. That was 2010, right? Yeah. Uh, I needed three days in bed to recover from it. Yeah. Just could not get out of bed, sore all over. I don't know what the fuck would happen if I tried to do it now. I'd probably be dead backstage.
0: (laughs) You think so? That's how you'd be...
2: Well, I mean, if I did the show, I'd get the adrenaline like you like you normally do. Yeah. Which means I'd be acting goofy. Which means I'd be throwing things around, stomping around, and <laughs> getting naked, peeing on people <laughs> what the of whatever. And then like just doing it. And then like 10 minutes after the adrenaline wears off, it's time for a fucking cast, you know, a full body cast. Yeah. I mean, fucked up my hand with a chain. I fucked up. But I, I pulled out three-inch glass splinters from my, my uh, fine. You know, I, 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 I'm way too old for this fucking shit. But if somebody's got a really great gig, man, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> but it better be a good lineup. Yeah. We were going to do like a, a concert film thing here. Uh at this place called the Dollhouse, but the guy that owned it ended up moving to uh, Atlanta, and and so the venue's not there anymore. So without without a, a cooperative venue, there's no point.
0: Yeah. Was the Dollhouse like a spin of the original Dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah.
2: I don't know. No, it was a, it was a, a, a recording studio. Okay. So it was in this huge warehouse, and they set up a band thing. I mean, Kylesa played there, Shona Knife played there. Nice. Uh, who the fuck else? Uh, a bunch of people played there and it was all set up to record live with a live crowd of, you know, 200, 500. And I was like, man, you know, I can make some, some big uh, steel props and uh, and we could really do a great show here. Yeah. But it never, it never happened. you know. I don't know, maybe, maybe in the future something will something happen. Um, our uh, guitar player wants me to come up to New York and do another record. I'll probably end up doing that, but I don't know if it's ever going to be any more live scumbaggery. Also, my <laughs> strippers have all gotten old. I didn't need <laughs> 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 These are the
0: and days of our lice, man. <laughs> you know, so is
2: still uh, young enough to do it, but she's, she's a little spark shy. She's not as, as is, uh brave on not getting hurt, yeah, and uh, and, and I don't know who the fuck else? Uh, Mama C did come on. She's a little, a little old. She's pushing thirty five now. You know, you really, you really need some, you nineteen know, year old junkie chicks is the ideal. <laughs> and, and where do you go find them? I don't even know anymore. I knew thirty years ago. Today, fuck.
0: I mean, uh, hmm.
2: They were all in my my. Group. <laughs> My friend circle.
0: Yeah. No, it's probably not a good idea, man. I think after,
2: you know,
0: <laughs> it's going to be some like, you know, fat ass fucking, you know, he's older than you by five years or whatever, sitting in his grandma's basement all like Cheeto dust all over his face. You know, fingers in this keyboard. I see,
2: some, I see some pretty hot chicks on doing like the OnlyFans and all that have the, you know, the right look and the right attitude, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, who, where, where the fuck are they? You know, Scranton? <laughs> I don't know. And would they come down for a show and, you know, whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I
1: don't
2: know. I don't know, know at man, the, dude. At the, Things seem to fall into place when, uh, when things get moving, so I'm just going to rely on that
0: hat. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're going to close it up, man. I want to thank you for being on the show. And, uh, <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> what's that? Thank you.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Dude, you're the dude, man. You have you got to see all this fucking history. And, uh, it, thanks for letting me, uh, you know, ask about uh, Seth specifically because he <laughs> just meant so much yeah. to me, man. You know what I mean? Gigi Allen did, too, at at one point. The mentors. All these motherfuckers did. They all played a role in my life. They all built my formulation into what kind of artist I am now and where I'm at. And even doing this fucking show, you know? There you go, man. So here we are in the future, man. You know, future fucking Rama. Scum-a-rama, man. Scum-a-rama tonight. (laughs) I think I might call it (laughs) (laughs) Scum-a-rama. Thanks again, man, and uh I'll be right back. Hold on. Uh-oh. We'll be right the fuck back.
1: Now for a limited time at Taco Chime, you can get
0: four ultra cheesy roll-up tacos for 99 cents. Wow, that's a good deal. Made with flatbread, real beef, and special wine sauce. Feels getting better.
1: Come
0: in before six and make it a
1: combo for free. Wow, that's going over. i am sold. Taco chat. Oh. <laughs> we now return, dude. Die, you die,
0: well, what'd you think about that show, Mom?
1: Alright.
0: Yeah, King's Poet's cool, huh? Yes,
1: definitely.
0: I was like. Holy shit, you're fucking. You're an elder? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought he was fucking younger than me. Dude, I couldn't believe it. He. I know. an elder? I know. And then when I went back and stalked his Instagram closer, I was like, holy shit, he is an elder. But he, he looks young. And, uh, he sounded young. I. I was like, you knew El Duce what for five minutes, motherfucker? But it turns out no, he he was there. <laughs> I thought he was like thirty years old. I was like, what, you saw El Duce before he fucking went to cable? That wasn't even funny, I know it. No, hey you know what mom? You gotta laugh with it. you know, what am I paying you for, mom? All about. I know, that's what we are. I guess that's why we're doing a punk rock podcast for. Because we really don't care if we get paid or not. And I don't really give a fuck how many people. We're
1: having fun and we're putting information out there
0: for folks. Yeah. Our
1: office is there if they need an ear
0: to listen. I guess my overall review of the show was like, it made me feel fucking old. I was like, wow, I used to like that shit. And I, you know, I I rarely I listen to older punk rock.
1: To go there. <laughs> <laughs> if you think it made you feel old, what does that make me, chop
0: Well, uh, I do I do feel old with the music, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. the shows seem like a long time ago, and that whole fucking movement. And I remember just. Being stoked to be a, a scum rocker. It's it's
1: weird watching some of these new little youngsters come out doing these shows. Like what was that that one group that everybody kept getting arrested at all their shows? Blind crack or something like that.
0: Oh, the leftover crack.
1: Yeah, leftover crack. That's what
0: it was. <laughs> the guys in New York. Yeah. What about them? Oh, well, pff, most of those guys are, like, junky right ska town. dicks. <laughs>
1: bugs, yeah.
0: They don't really, they, you, they're, I guess they're just different levels of uh, scumbaggery, you know? Leftover Crack, but then Leftover yeah. Crack's music sucks, man. I, I hate that bubblegum bullshit.
1: My buddy, dude.
0: The different levels of douchebaggery. Yeah. I guess that's what this whole field of music really is, man. Um, well, mom, thanks for uh, getting on. You guys, do you want to? Uh, do you got a PayPal account? Um, I can't get into it at the moment. I gotta
1: fix that because I just had my card changed. Now. Remember, I was telling you about
0: that. Oh yeah. Well. Me
1: again. And for all you hacksters out there, I have so many fraud alerts on my J.P. Morgan Chase account that it doesn't do you any good to try.
0: (laughs) Well, you heard it. Uh, All right, well, uh, you can send me money. You can send me money. I'll send it to my mom. It's at adam.air.williams.com. At gmail.com. You send that shit to PayPal. I will take a donation for the fucking continual support. The listening. Uh, to keep putting these shows out with my mom. Because you know you love her. And I'm going to get better fucking equipment. So send me some fucking money. Please. With sugar on top. Send me some fucking money. Right now I'm on a crackhead Android phone. And I'm on a fucking cricket phone. My mom's on the cricket phone. Yelling at the Android phone while I got a pair of fucking skull candies. The shit's kind of getting janky dude, as they say on the East Coast. But we're gonna keep it rolling. I love you, mom. Love
1: you too, son.
0: Alright, we're gonna get the fuck out of here, okay? No, no, no. You've been listening to Adam Airbnb, G.E.D.
1: Underground Cartoon Therapy. No. <laughs>